Hey folks, welcome to the Astrology Show. This is Kira. Happy to be here with you again today. Um, we have a fun show for you. We have another Venusian Afternoons. Um, some three really great guests. There's a lot of enriching conversation here and I think you're going to love it. Um, we're going to talk about the astrology of the next two weeks and yeah, just kind of sink into this Pisces flow um, and all this Aquarius stuff we also have going on. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Um, a couple of announcements. Let's see. One, I sent out an email um, on Saturday the 12th about a retreat that I'm hosting in France this summer. Um it's knitting and astrology <laughs> in Basque country, France. And um, right now we just have a wait list. Um, so if you are interested, get on the wait list. The wait list will have first dibs on spots. We only have 12 spots available. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll link the wait list. Um, you might hear this after after the retreat goes live, but regardless, we'll link it here for you. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, my shop, astrology.com slash shop. Um, I taught a lot last year. <laughs> I've been teaching a lot over the past couple of years, actually. Um, but I taught a lot last year and everything's on the shop now. So if there was a workshop or a lecture or webinar that you didn't get to attend um, live, but you're interested in, it's now on my website. Anything from, you know, I have intensives, back to basics, timing that hits, um, astrology that hits, um, hours and hours and hours of content. And a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of things on the shop are, have payment plans too. So like the, the intensives, um, you can pay that over, you know, two month installment instead of just paying it all at once. We also have, um, closed captioning for a lot of, um, a lot of my, my workshops and intensives, and we're working on getting the whole, the whole store catalog captioned. Um, so that's in process, but for, especially for the intensives, um, we have those captioned. So, and they're captioned by an actual astrologer. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just software too. So, um, you know, that they're going to be accurate to, you know, the words being said. Um, yeah, right now I'm like really promoting timing that hits. Um, it's, uh, it was, I recorded it. I taught it over two days. It's about 10 hours of, um, of lecture. And I don't like to say lecture cause that makes it sound boring, but basically me teaching you all these different timing techniques, everything from annual perfections, to transits, the solar return charts, um, to progressions and zodiacal releasing. And I, I tell you not only just about those techniques, but how to synthesize them and how to sort of plan out your 2022 or your year ahead, um, using these techniques. So, we had a really great time recording that, and um, that's available in the shop. 
also available Who's Your Time Lord? Um, so you don't want to dive that deeply into the timing techniques, but you are interested. Um, Who's Your Time Lord is a really, really great um, workshop for that. And that's essentially just about um, annual perfections. I also teach monthly perfections in that workshop. But um, yeah, it's a good one for, you know, it's a, it's like, it's just the best technique. I think it's just a really, really good, effective and easy to use technique. Um, so that's available back to basics. Um, that's pretty cool. Back to basics is another intensive that I taught about 10 hours of, um, of content there. And I also broke those up into smaller, um, products too. So Back to Basics teaches you planets, signs, houses, aspects, and how to put it all together. Um, you, if you want, if you're just interested in aspects, you can grab just the aspects um, product. If you're just interested in signs or houses um, or planets, you can grab those individually. And um, each one of those actually comes with both my intro um my intro recording. So about an hour or so of me talking about, um, the history of astrology and sort of laying a groundwork. And then also all of those, re- um, all of those also include my, um, synthesis and examples section as well. So even if you don't buy the whole, um, even if you don't buy the whole intensive or you get everything, um, even if you just buy a little section, you still get a pretty well-rounded um, uh, teaching. So yeah, that plus a million others. There's stuff from $11 all the way to $333. So there's there's a lot of different um, uh, options on the shop of my, my teachings and a lot of different um, price points. And again, there's payment plans available for some items. We have captioning. Um, you get the slides, all of the slides you get as a PDF as well. So yeah, there's, there's a lot there for you and I would implore you to shop around. Um, we have another guest workshop coming up in April that I'm excited about, but, um, I will, that's, that's a TBD until we have a little bit more info ready to share, but it is hosted by Ari Felix, um, guest to this episode and, they also came on the water sign episode to represent Scorpios with me. So if you're interested in that, um, keep an eye out on your inbox. We'll be sending out more information about it soon. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up in April. So yeah, stay tuned. And with that, I'll just let you get into this episode. All right. Hey, folks. Welcome to Venusian Afternoons number two. It's March 12th. Sorry, it's March 11th. <laughs> I, I was looking at, I was like, I had it in my head, 11. I don't know where 12 came from. It's Mercury in Pisces, you know. I'm a little bit uh, loose-lipped, I guess. You're, I don't even know if that's legally like... legally <laughs> not required to know what day it is when Mercury is in Pisces. <laughs> thank that's you. Thank you. Um, We have a really fun group here today, all returning members of the podcast. Um, Yeah, 
I'm I'm gonna introduce you guys. I'm trying to think if I should say anything else before introducing you guys, but I don't I don't think I need to. Um, <laughs> it's Friday. I'm happy. It's Friday. I'm happy to be with you three. Um, so we have Sabrina Monarch here, um, who is a returning guest to the podcast. Returning. You haven't you haven't done an eleventh house workshop, right? No, you did Fresh Voices, um, but yeah. Returning to the podcast, super happy to have you back. Welcome. Um, you you came on for a couple episodes, right? You we did an episode about the outer planets. Um, did we do another episode? Am I we did a that? chart reading episode together. Yes, and then I think yes. we did one more that was like with Bear and Diana. Oh, the nodes, the nodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I know there's been a couple, but I've also been on your podcast a couple times, so the it kind of gets blurry sometimes. But um, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, say your SMR, if you're cool with that, um, and a little bit about your practice, and also plug your podcast too. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am an Aries sun, Taurus moon, Pisces rising. I've been practicing evolutionary astrology for, um, I guess I started in like 2012 after having a big spiritual awakening and contextualizing it through that form of astrology. And I currently teach evolutionary astrology several times a year through an intensive and I'm the host of Magic of the Spheres podcast, where I have conversations about astrology as well as other things around personal development and spirituality. Awesome. Yeah, that I always forget. I mean, we're both Pisces rising, so we talk a lot about our, you know, just different experiences when we're having similar transits. Um, but I that was reminding me that like, yeah, you went through this thing in 2012, which happened to be the last time that the nodes were in Scorpio and well, they shifted into Scorpio and Taurus, um, that year. And we had eclipses there, which happens to be our third and ninth houses. Um, so it's really interesting that here we are, you know, at the reversal of that time and we're literally like professional astrologers now, (laughs) teaching this stuff again third house ninth house um and it makes me curious about like what's next for you if you're gonna keep this up if you're if you have any pivots in mind um which we can totally talk about but yeah thanks for thanks for coming back on excited to have you you. um ace alice sparkly cat and if people don't know like ace's name is ace and i i always say (laughs) Like, I always have a hard time, like, explaining that. Do you want to explain, like, what's what's preferred for you? Oh, yeah, my name is Ace. Um, then, um, my title is Alice Berkeley. Title, kidding. okay. No, no, no. No, no I like that. Uh, I like it's that. another name I use, but my name is Ace. Um, yeah, cool. it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Do you want to share your SMR and a little bit about yeah. your practice? Sure, yeah. I'm an Aries also, and then I'm a Cancer Moon, and then I'm an Aquarius Rising. Awesome. Uh, so a little bit about me. I do consultations, I do writing on my website, and then 
I write some books too, so a lot of writing. And then what I like to do with a lot of people is I like to make like uh, the planets into fictional characters and get them to talk to each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in that, it's a storytelling session, which is the service I provide. We make your chart into a fictional story. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so third house. All, I just realized all three of you are like massive third house people. <laughs> and all three of you are like amazing writers. I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, Sabrina has uh, third house Taurus moon. Um, and Oscar, who was going to come on here, but they couldn't make it. Um, also has also as a Pisces rising with the t- third house Taurus moon and Ace you have your third house Aries sun um, do you have other you have Mercury there as well no I have Mercury and Pisces okay and then oh. I have my Venus there oh okay cool mm-hmm. so Sun and Venus in the third um, and before I get to Ari I'll just say Ace you came on the show um, episode two episode three of the first season to talk about the moon. And that one was a favorite for a lot of people as well um, with Bear River. And so that was a great episode. And then you also came on to talk about um, BTS. BTS. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. It feels full circles too because they're having a show right now. Oh, cool. Okay, exciting. Um, I still get comments on on that episode and people are like Kira who do you ship now like (laughs) and I'm like I don't know yet um (laughs) but yeah welcome back and excited to have you here thanks for having me and Ari welcome back as well (laughs) another third houser Ari has um do you mind if I say your third house placements um Venus and Jupiter and Libra in the third house um, and another one of my favorite astro writers. I, I say that a lot, and then I'm like, I guess like all of my friends are really good <laughs> astrologer writers. Like, <laughs> that's just like who I'm friends with. Um, but yeah, do you want to share your SMR and a little bit about your practice? Yeah. Well, first, Sabrina, are you literally draped in velvet right now? <laughs> yeah, it's like a velvet jumpsuit. Oh my God, magical, (laughs) so Pisces right now. And then Ace, also before I forget, did you text me a storyboard? Oh yeah, that was a storyboard I made, yeah. Okay, I have to text you back, but (laughs) I just remembered it when you were talking about stories. That's right, I I think I got that text too. fuck, I didn't text back. Um, All right, those were the... Sometimes I... No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I mass text a bunch of <laughs> Third house, third house stuff. All right. All right. Those are the Mercury and Pisces uh, prerequisites. My SMR <laughs> is Scorpio, Pisces, and Leo. And right now, I am in the middle of a huge pivot with my practice. I actually am burning my site down. I'm, like, kind of stopping everything except my membership and... Um, yeah, doing some shape-shifting, doing some world-building, but I have been an astrologer, practicing astrologer for over a decade, and I will continue to be a practicing astrologer and a writer, and 
Um, my focus primarily has been writing and counseling. And so I'm pivoting into offering other juicy things that I won't reveal here. Amazing. I'm so excited about that. Um, yeah, this eclipse cycle, I feel like, is really shifting a lot of things for a lot of people, especially in regards to, you know, our practices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And it's like my fourth and tenth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leo Rising's especially getting the, um, the, North, the North Node, Node mm-hmm. eclipses in the tenth. I'm like, definitely keeping an eye out for that. Um, yeah, cause we're, eclipses are around the corner. Like I don't, I don't want to hype it up too much yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. We really are. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh yeah. You came on, you were on the very first I episode so, of so the special. astrology show. So <laughs> we talked about why astrology with, um, Bear River and Sam Reynolds great episode um i think i want to re-release that sometime soon um but also you came on recently did you come on season two i don't think so okay yeah so you came on recently to talk about water signs to represent scorpio with me um for the water signs episode and people love that so if you haven't heard it yet definitely check it out yeah and yeah i guess i know all of you no, that's not true. I was going to say I know all of you through the internet, but that's not even true. I know <laughs> you, Ari, through the internet. And we, of course, met in person. Um, Norwalk last year. Doing it again this year. This time sharing an Airbnb. <laughs> so excited lots, about that. Lots. Yes. Um, and then Sabrina, we met at Norwalk 2020. Uh, sorry, 2019 for the first time, um, through Aaron Shipley, another friend of the pod. And, um, and yeah, that's where we started our friendship and it's been that way ever since. That was fun. I mean, again, everyone knows, <laughs> everyone who listens to the podcast <laughs> knows about how we feel about Norwalk 2019. <laughs> I really want to make t-shirts. I really want to so make fun. t-shirts. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, and Ace, I, how don't we meet? I don't know, yeah, but I know I met you in person, actually. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying, like, how did we even meet, because I, I feel like it was in person, I mean, I think, did I, did you, did I find Yellow Jackets Collective through you, or did, yeah, I think yeah. we met through Taylor, actually, I think that's true, because yeah. I remember the last time Ace was on the podcast, yeah. y'all were talking about it, and that mm-hmm. was the conclusion mm-hmm. arrived at. Okay, okay. Sorry, Scorpio. <laughs> no, I remember Taylor and I met for the first time at one of Ace's book launches. Oh. In New York. Um, and that was when we like met in person for the first time. I think Aaron had connected us. And so maybe mm. it was something like that. Maybe I had just known yeah. about you online and who knows. I don't know. I think that yeah. probably was Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I met Taylor because I used to live near their work. And okay. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah. It is a mystery, but there's a lot of really sweet, you know, ties and connections there um, mm-hmm. that happen. I just love talking about, you know, how, how we all know each other because sometimes it's, like, surprising, you know. It can 
it can be that way. But you guys all know each other through the through the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ace and I actually met at the Queer Astrology Conference in 2018. And oh, then we cool. promptly kind of forgot about each other and, like, did our own thing. <laughs> and then we re-met in 2020 when I did, a, like, a pop-up emotional support group for radical astrologers. And then Sabrina and I had never actually spoken until she invited me on to Magic of the Spheres. But we know each other through the internet. Yeah. um, Sabrina's podcast is another really lovely... If if you somehow don't know about it, definitely check it out. Because another... If you like, like, really deep, enriching, magical conversations (laughs) between spiritually magical people, then... Um, Sabrina's podcast is definitely one to want to check out. Um, okay, let's let's get into the astro. Let's talk about this. I've been calling it messy, but not in a bad way. I just feel like it's a little bit like watercolory. You know, like it's not very it's not very contained the astro right now. But I'm I'm digging it personally. Um, it's Pisces season, right? It has to be and a little messy. Jupiter here. So the Virgo moon has something to clean up. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, we have this Pisces season 2022 with Jupiter here. Um, I'm curious, like, when we're going to get another one of these. Is it, like, 2032, 2033? I'm going to grab my... Because, like, it makes me sad thinking about it that way, but it's true. Like, it, it's also important to, to kind of hold that so we remember, like, mm-hmm. I so know. strongly agree with that, especially because everyone's like, watch out, Jupiter, Neptune, watch out. <laughs> watch out. And I'm like, y'all, this is, like, literally, Jupiter, Neptune is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that's not happening again for 200 and something years. Yeah. And this is, like once every 12, 13 years we get Jupiter and Pisces during Pisces season and we've just had the shit beat out of us by Saturn. Like Saturn, by Saturn and Saturn signs, and Pluto. Jupiter and Saturn signs. Yeah, like can yeah. we can we just have fucking Jupiter and Pisces for Christ's sake? Right? Because Venus exactly. was really special. It was. Yeah, I super agree. Um, yeah, actually, Sabrina, I'm curious, like, if you have any any experience, if you want to share any of your experience about the Kazemi with it in your first two, because for me, I talked about it here, but it was very, like, very physical and, like, very, like, I mean, again, I started this medication that made me go from, like, chronically dehydrated. I seriously, like, just didn't drink enough water. I just, like, wasn't thinking about it, and I didn't, I wasn't thirsty, and then going from that to, like, drinking three to four pitchers of water every day, like, immediately, I, I took the my first dose that morning, oh, Saturday morning, and within, like, an hour or two, I was just, like, chugging water. Um, so for me, it was very, like, physical hydration, like, Jupiter, my first, conjoining the ruler of my sixth house, you know. So I'm curious how it was for you. I felt like it was really faith renewing. The um, the Deccan of Pisces that it's in, I think the image is like the invisible net and it's the connection mm. between the invisible and visible realms. And I had this conversation, um, I gave someone a reading in person and afterwards we were just chatting and I mentioned 
um, in passing like I would, like I, you know, I'm looking for love, like, because <laughs> I always am if I'm not, you know, in love. And she said that she had this realization one time that there's always a thread connecting us to everyone that we are meant to meet. Um, and that you can see it back in time too, that there's been all of these synchronicities that led you to meet the people that you know, you know now. And something about her saying that just distilled that of, oh, like I don't have to do anything. I don't have to seek anything. I can just live my life. And there were just a series of really fun events that happened from there. And I went to like a sound bath and saw this really cute dog and went up to the dog. And then someone came up to me and she was like, wait, I want to talk to you. I love you. I love your podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know? And I was looking at her and she had in her like facial expressions, she just reminded me of like 10 people I knew. And I just felt this like cosmic sense of like connection to the universe um, all during that Kazemi. And it was just unreal, like how much fun I was having that, you know, series of days like around that exact Kazemi and like not able to even fall asleep until like four or five in the morning, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is unusual for me, honestly. And I just felt like I was kind of like uh, overwhelmed with happiness and mm -hmm. it was a good time. I love to hear that. Yeah, I definitely felt that um, I just felt like I was buzzing. You know, if you think about it, like your chart ruler in the heart of the sun, <laughs> you know, you're going to feel a little bit um, electrified or like heated up in some way. So I, I too, I'm still trying to get back to like normal sleep schedule because it was it was um, it definitely affected me in that way, too. Um, and yeah, just good vibes. You know, I spent it with two people I really love and um, just had a fun day. It was raining, but it was fun. We actually, actually, it was raining, and then we took this long walk right after it was raining, and it was just like this gorgeous sunset, and, you know, watching the sunset, knowing that Jupiter was, like, you know, directly behind it, um, and it, everything was just, like, technicolor. Like, it felt like we were tripping, even though we weren't, you know? It was just, like, everything was gorgeous. We were, there was all these peacocks around, um... I live in an area with a lot of wild peacocks, so I get to like just hang out with peacocks when I walk around sometimes. And yeah, it was just a really lovely, a lovely day. Um, how about you, Ace? How was the Kazemi for you? Oh man, like it was like a period of time where I forgot everything. Like mm. I had, like I had invited my friend to this party actually uh, that my visiting friend was gonna be at, and then. I don't know how, but I just forgot about it. And I didn't see any text messages or anything. And I was going to do this class. I forgot about it. Uh, like, I just forgot about everything. And then I ended up learning about, like, the Cold War lines in the Middle East. I read something. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what happened. I just forgot everything. That's interesting. I had similar... I don't know if it was the Kazemi, but, like, a bunch of things on, like, certain calendars just, like, not syncing to my phone. So I was just, like, <laughs> missing so many meetings. It's kind of similar, but not really. Um, <laughs> how about you, Ari? How was it for you? Yeah, it was... Um, 
It was a beautiful. Both you and, and Ace had it in dark houses, so. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely dark house vibes, but also similar to Pisces Risings and I guess Sag Risings, so it involved my chart ruler. Um, and Jupiter's also my time lord right now. So it was my chart ruler and my time lord. And so, yeah, it definitely was um, really immersive. And for me, Pisces is my eighth house. And I was actually texting. Was it the day after that you and I were texting? Or was it the same day? Probably. I think it was the day after. I don't know. And we text every Aries. day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were like, I remember because I was up super late and that wasn't usual for me. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I must have been the next day. Yeah. yeah. So I had that experience too where I was like, I'm just awake. You know, I have like this um, energy. But um, I kind of reconnected partially through conversation with you to like a desire that... Um, I kind of hidden away in my eighth house, you know, so like the sun and Jupiter, like uh, my moon's also there in Pisces. So, um, and it was conjunct my moon. Yeah. So it was just, I don't know, like even trying to describe it, it like all these different threads start coming in because mm-hmm. it like was so um, wrapped into so many different things for me. Um, yeah. And then it was that weekend I had already started on the new moon in Pisces. I went and saw a chiropractor for the first time for my um, chronic back pain. And they were able to confirm that my back is like broke in two places. And so during the Kazemi, I was just like feeling the opening that getting that, starting to get that worked on was creating and like feeling everything move through my body that's been lodged in there. Um, so yeah, it was really beautiful. It was very, very underwater kind of like feeling mm-hmm. where it's like hard to remember what I was even doing and like mm-hmm. what happened but um it wasn't it definitely wasn't it didn't go by quietly you know like it, it did clear mm-hmm. so many things yeah the clearing I think that's been a big part of it for me just this Pisces energy um but especially as now the sun is there and um as we're speaking, the sun is meeting up with Neptune over this next day, um, <clears throat> which I definitely want to talk about. Um, I also want to talk about Mercury being in Pisces now, just entered Pisces March 9th. Um, and just the fact that we have now these four planets in Pisces, um, the sun, Jupiter, Neptune, and Mercury doing their thing. And then in complete aversion to four plant, three planets in Aquarius, um, Saturn, Mars, and, and Venus, you know? And so they have their own thing going on. We have this, like, kind of party in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And this, like, to me, it feels more like a, like a business meeting or, like, a council meeting in Aquarius, you know, where Saturn, for me, this, the way I've been kind of, like, conceptualizing this energy, Saturn's, like, okay, like, you know, I have a lot of plans. We have a lot of work to do here in Aquarius. I only have a year left, right? And anyone who comes through is sort of has to kind of abide by Saturn's rules or work for Saturn, you know, while while they're in Aquarius. It's like, you're going to come through my house. You're going to do some work, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> Saturn has all these, like, these clear plans for, for what it wants to do. But I feel like the combination of Saturn being at the bendings of the nodes and, um, and yeah, just like, 
all these planets coming through. It, oh, sorry. And hitting Uranus, you know, kind of in this square with Uranus all year. Saturn kind of gets frustrated about the plans not going as smoothly as it might hope maybe. But Mars and Venus coming through, it's like, Aquarius is just so not Mars and Venus's vibe, right? Like these are these two nocturnal feeling, like deeply, I, I would say like physical um, and sensual planets who just kind of like went through this whole storyline together in Capricorn with the retrograde and, you know, the conjunction, the double conjunctions and all the things. And then just like, you know, got past Pluto and finally came together at zero Aquarius. And I just feel like they're just like, we don't want to work right now. You know, like we don't want to work for you, Saturn. Um, we're just trying to get through here so we can join the party in Pisces. And Saturn's just like, no, 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 we have stuff to do. So that's kind of how I've been thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious how, how you guys are thinking about this like combo of you know, super Pisces and super Aquarius vibes we have going on. Anyone can take it. <laughs> I've been thinking about um, the quality of like Venus moving through um, Aquarius and like you said, like waiting to get to the party in Pisces. Like I feel like there's maybe like a crunch moment that's coming up and I've been conceptualizing it as like someone that's like taking a minute to warm up to a party before having fun or like getting to know someone new and like having some awkwardness before like really settling in. Um, that's, I feel that <laughs> I'm going to share my screen just so folks can see, um, you know, what we have going on right now here in, in the skies. But yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I feel like now that Venus is, has surpassed Mars and is moving, you know, picking up speed, basically, um, it's like Venus is like, God, now I have to meet up with Saturn first and, you know, have this conversation. And not to mention Venus being besieged, right? Like, it's just right now just moving between um, Saturn and, and, sorry, Mars and Saturn. So that's another thing. Besieged I just want to say too. <laughs> say that Ari, again. I said besiege me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ari gave a really amazing talk on Valentine's Day about relationship anarchy, and I feel like some of those codes like are really helpful for this Venus Saturn conjunction that's coming up um, because Ari spoke of like a rigorous love ethic. Um, I feel like I'm yeah, like do you blushing. Speak on that? I'm blushing. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is up in my shop, by the way. Uh, so I talked about the anarchy. We can link it. <laughs> I talked about the anarchy of loving yourself. And um, this, I like this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a malefic person <laughs> so I like it I like the tension I like the the Whoa. opportunity for creativity um how I kind of see it is like Sabrina said very similar to what I was talking about in the anarchy of loving yourself which is you know Aquarius is given this 
um, assignment by us about being oriented towards the collective, right? And being kind of like organizationally or paradigmatically focused. And I think that's true, but I think when personal planets, especially Venus and Mars are going through there, it you have to come back to um, what your central organizing principle is, you know, to do the organizing that Aquarius wants, that that environment requires, especially when daddy's home, when Saturn is there. You know, you have to know what your central organizing principle is, and you get that from the sun. You get that from the opposition, right? Leo is ruled by the sun. So I see it as this interesting, like, emphasis on doing exactly that, like, to decentralize um, hierarchical relationship, which is something that we could say happens in the environment of Aquarius, we do actually still need to have something else to centralize around. Like, that's natural law. You know, there is, there is not really any void space, you know, within this, this three-dimensional realm. Everything is, like, made of something and is, like, gravitating around something. And so that's how I see this moment. And I think I see Venus as being like, I'm going to move towards Mars. I'm going to or move towards Saturn. I'm going to have a conversation with Saturn first because, like, I know how to talk to Saturn. You know, mm -hmm. like, really, like, Saturn is Venus's bitch. You know, where does Saturn insult? In a Venus ruled sign. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so Venus is like trying to like hurry up and stay ahead of Mars and be like, let me go and have this talk first so we can like create a beautiful container that you can then come and fill in with energy and with drive and with passion and with um, focus. And so that's, that's how I'm thinking about that. Like, I like, there are certain things that can only happen in certain conditions. And we talk about that a lot with malefics, but I think that's true even for enclosure, even for a besiegement, you know, where there's a certain amount of pressure that's being applied from which something that couldn't have emerged otherwise might be possible. And, you know, that's how I think of relationship anarchy too, you know, which is very Aquarius to me, but I have an Aquarius seventh house. Um, and so with Saturn there, you know, on the angle. <laughs> and so, Relationship anarchy to me is about this, people often think that it means that oh, I have to have like the same amount of intimacy with everyone now and like there is no like layers of protection or layers of priority. And that's not true. It's just that your central organizing principle is you and what feels right for you and what feels authentic to you, right? These very like Aquarius values, like what supports your freedom and your integrity and then engaging with each relationship from that place and so I think sometimes we aren't even willing to go there until there's enough pressure applied where we have to choose ourselves or choose to continue to suffer in our relationships or suffer alone Whew, that's a word <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you for that that was really beautiful and I love the context of like how Aquarius is an environment that really can facilitate that type of thinking. Um, and these two super relational planets, Mercury and Venus moving, or sorry, um, Venus and Mars moving through there and really having to like, yeah, kind of shift focus into thinking about like, yeah, like prior, what's, what's, what to prioritize and what to kind of gravitate around. What's that? You said the phrase central organizing principle. Um, 
which I think Saturn is also like concerned with, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's the fifth part about creating that opposition, order. you know, between like yeah. the Sun and Saturn. Like they both actually come down to a similar bottom line. And the last thing I'll say before I forget is that um, I I don't know when we get um, we might get Venus again in Aquarius while well, Saturn's in Aquarius, but do we get Mars? No, right? Well, Saturn's still um, in Aquarius. In a- no. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just like the Jupiter Neptune, this is another thing that people are like, oh, no, watch out. But I'm like, no, this is actually like, it'll be another 30 years, you know, 28, 30, whatever, until mm-hmm. we get Mars in Aquarius with Saturn supporting in Aquarius. And so mm-hmm. I see that as an opportunity. Um, yeah, I already forgot the other part of what I was going to say. So <laughs> leave it at that. No, that's a really good point, too. Um, and yeah, just I, since I have my femurs open, to go back to that point I was making before about Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces, um, this is our last one we get for like forever, but <laughs> but the last this is our last Jupiter transit through Pisces um, until 2020, sorry, 2034. Mm-hmm. So 12 years um, until our next Pisces season with um, with Jupiter and Pisces and... Yeah, I mean, I'm like looking at, I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like different, different skies then. We're going to have Saturn and Uranus and Cancer by then. It's going to be a whole different type of mess. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so we can take advantage of that. Um, yeah. Any other reflections? How about Mercury and Pisces? Um, cause when that happened, when that shift occurred, it was very palpable for me personally. And um, Mercury, you might have heard me talk about this before, but has the past couple of years shown up and very much embodied for me as like a, as a person and, and, and people in general um, with Mercury ruling my seventh house. And so typically when stuff happens with Mercury, it's like stuff's happening in my relationships and um, it can be really palpable. So yeah, in this, in this one instance, like I'm like watching Mercury shift into Pisces and I'm like at my, actually at my publisher's house talking to him about my book and he's giving me, this is like the last couple minutes and he's like giving me, um, you know, deadlines, which is so like, Mercury and Aquarius, I was thinking at the last couple degrees of Aquarius, like getting all these like Saturnian deadlines and structure. And then like it enters Pisces and we, we smoke weed and, you know, <laughs> we stop talking about that. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, how about you guys? Have you had any, any, anything interesting happen? I know for like the morning after woke up to multiple technical issues, both with the podcast and my app, Cusp, um, <laughs> happened right off the bat. Uh, so yeah, do you guys have any Mercury and Pisces reflections so far? Definitely, yeah. I feel like, because I had a house meeting with my roommates last night, and it was the first time that we'd done that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're trying to negotiate some changes into the lease. Um, so, I mean, I've been feeling like that. I feel like with the, like, the Venus transit, I feel like, because, uh, you know, like, last couple, like, last year we had a, a Morningstar Venus also in the spring. 
Um, but then the year before that, it was an evening star. But I think, like, by now, it was, like, in Pisces and then Taurus. Uh, so I feel like this is kind of like the first spring in a while where it's such a dry Venus. Yeah. And then, like, I feel like people are just kind of, like, trying to make friends. And then we've changed so much in the last couple of years. Uh, no one knows how to do it mm-hmm. or, like, what to do. No one knows what the rules are anymore. So then we're trying to, like, make up our own rules. Everyone has different rules. So I feel like the Mercury in Pisces kind of adds to that confusion and then also creativity. Because I feel like the confusion is really good because that's when we learn is when we're confused. Um, mm. So I feel like everyone's confused right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't really think about the fact that we haven't... Yeah, March 2020, we had Venus and Taurus. Um, March 2021, we had Venus and Pisces. So we do have this very, like, dry, um, again, besieged Venus that's, like, not... Yeah, it's, like, the connecting, the social stuff isn't as easy. And even not, not to say it was easy the past couple of years during the pandemic, but it was different. Like, I feel like, especially the beginning of the pandemic, there was like a social boom in a lot of ways, right? Because then you're starting to connect with people that you haven't talked to in forever because everyone's online and at home. Um, last year, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> last year, I'm like, I don't even, yeah, what happened? What was 2021? Um, <laughs> but but similarly, I feel like, yeah, that's a really good point about Venus and Aquarius this year and being kind of dry, extra dry, being besieged by malefics. And then um, we have this like super wet Pisces stuff that I think people are like, you know, craving that connection, um, but maybe not knowing how to go about it. And, and, you know, it's just different. Things are different nowadays. I think we don't have like consensus over the rules anymore. Because yeah. I think last time, like, I think, uh, like, we're on the same page about being careful and what being careful meant. But I think, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. so sporadic now. Sorry about my cat. <laughs> it's okay. Your cat is a celebrity. They're allowed to do what they want. <laughs> All three of you have great cats. Um. That's the real reason you chose us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, w- um, I want to hear what Sabrina yeah. has to say about um, Venus or Mercury, but talk mm-hmm. with, what Ace just said reminded me of something that one of my members of the Temple Between Worlds just tweeted, which was, I won't say their name in case they don't want like a bunch of followers, but uh, they tweeted saying no when you, saying yes when you want to say no is the fastest way to dry as pussy. And I think that's mm. so Venus being <laughs> besieged in Aquarius. <laughs> That is so spot on. I really love that. Um, That's been a huge, like, thing that I've been meditating on for the last few years around going at the pace of the body Mm. and, like, making relational decisions from a body place instead of a mental place and, like, overriding body signals. Um, And I think that can slow, that can slow me down, but it's richer and like a better experience which feels like that venus and saturn sign um mercury and pisces is my mercury return so i just noticed when it 
went into that sign that I wanted to talk a lot. <laughs> and I had the experience too. I like, I think that Mercury gets really flooded in Pisces and there's a process of learning discernment and having that feeling of like maybe having like a negative script going, but then receiving positive feedback and you're like, that script wasn't mm. even real. Like there, mm. you know, and mm. um, yeah, I think the learning how to kind of like let the mind go or like dissolve certain streams, you know, like if something is bringing a sense of enchantment and beauty and like the high side of Pisces, great. But if there's a sense of feeling like really um, washed over with something that feels like more despair or like um, self undoing, like just being mindful of like letting that kind of pass, if possible, I think can be really helpful with Mercury and Pisces. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um... Yeah, especially like the the kind of like flooded or overloaded experience of Mercury and Pisces. Um, at the same time, it could be. I th I think Mercury and Pisces can be experienced as like yeah, kind of like over flooded with information, not having enough like boundaries around what you're perceiving and receiving. But at the same time, it could be this like super. Um, it could be the like lubrication you need right now <laughs> to like really get your imagination flowing or be able to kind of perceive things from a different perspective. What happens when, you know, you're looking at things from underwater or, you know, from, from underneath or from behind the veil or, you know, in, in a foggy space. Um, I'm definitely like... I'm going to ride this, ride this next two weeks out with Mercury and Pisces and try to write as much as I can. I have deadlines, like I said. <laughs> so I'm hoping that um, it, it allows the words to flow a little bit, a little bit more than um, being kind of like a little rigid and, and Aquarius, I think, for me personally. I had a really um, magical experience with Mercury when Mercury moved into Pisces, which is interesting because... I guess I, I wasn't really expecting it. I don't have any, like, Mercury activation happening right now. Um, but, um, what was the experience? Oh, yeah. I was, like, I finished work, and I was, like, oh, let me read this book, um, Spell of the Sensuous by David Abram, which I've been reading. And it's, like, so Mercury and Pisces, like, even Spell of the Sensuous. And, like, he, like he's talking about animism and philosophy, but it, he's talking in the language of poetry and it's just so beautiful like I have the whole thing fucking highlighted basically but then I was like Mercury like moved into Pisces while I was reading it and I started like crying at so many different things randomly which is not like me and I'm just like sitting there looking at my plants and I was like oh. I started crying and I was like looking at my cat and I was like oh. and I just like started crying at like every sensuous beautiful thing around me and I was like wow this is so I love, you know, I think this particular experience, while, again, while Jupiter's home in Pisces, has been so beautiful to see every planet that enters the ocean of Pisces get, like, filtered so immediately through that environment, and to see Mercury, the intermediary, the messenger, the translator, like, 
I think having Jupiter at home in Pisces is making Mercury in Pisces so much louder and stronger. And like, you know, there's still the chaos, there's still the confusion, there's still the like non-linearity, but I don't know, so far, you know, two days, <laughs> three days into it, it feels like it's also like extraordinarily beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I feel like is um, like maybe a little bit funny with the Pisces things going on is that last summer when Jupiter was in Pisces and then went back like there was the cicadas brood X that woke up and just plagued the east coast for a while and there was millions of giant bugs everywhere oh, God. <laughs> and then this year we might be getting the jural spiders uh coming up north from georgia they're these no inch long spiders <laughs> that parachute with the wind with the webs and then they'll just drop out of the air so they're coming. Yeah. I refuse this. They're this coming. is fake wow. news. Fake news. <laughs> this is actually real. And then they might get as far north as Washington, D.C. They better not. No. <laughs> You're safe for now, Ari. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> it's not Jupiter Neptune y'all need to worry about. It's these damn spiders. Exactly. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, and then Pisces seasons when the insects wake up. So yeah, I was like, wow, mm. all these like large insects with the Jupiter. Hmm. Interesting. Damn. <laughs> this is what I'm excited about. So, the, over the next week or so, starting Sunday, um, we have a bunch of like cute Pisces stuff happening. <laughs> Maybe it's not cute, but for me it's cute because I'm a Pisces rising. Um, But Pisces Virgo stuff, right? Like we have some stuff happening in this axis. So the sun's going to conjunct Neptune at 22 Pisces um, on Sunday the 13th. And we can talk a little bit about that right now. Um, But we also have a Virgo full moon at 27 degrees of Virgo on Friday the 18th. And then on Sunday, the 20th, we get both our spring equinox, Aries season, happy astrology day, but also um, Mercury is going to conjunct Jupiter at 18 degrees of Pisces, and I'm stoked for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really stoked. It's Mercury is my time lord. My natal Mercury is at 18, so... I'm getting this like Mercury Jupiter conjunction square my natal Mercury, square my, you know, MC IC axis. And I'm just like, what's going to happen? I'll be in another country during it. So that'll, it'll be cool to see what happens. But um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about this Sun Neptune, the Sun Neptune conjunction, because folks won't be hearing this until right after it passes. But um still worth it to talk about because it's a it's a trippy it's like a trippy experience right worth it to note two years ago um during the sun neptune conjunction was right at the beginning of the panic of covid um i remember it so clearly Mm -hmm. so clearly it was just like all of a sudden the sun met up with neptune and panic spread just like across not just across the country but across the goddamn globe right it was just worldwide panic ensuing around this virus um 
And I remember it also coincided really closely with that, uh, with the full moon too in, in Virgo. I remember that. Um, yeah. So now that, you know, it's two years later and hopefully we're not going to get more panic around something new. <laughs> um, not to say that there isn't enough to like, you know, be, be upset about right now. Um, but in general, I mean, like a Neptune sun conjunction can be a really, it's a really interesting time because you get the sun, which has so much to do with our like cons- conscious perception of life and of reality um, what we can actually like see and make sense of coming to this planet that is like reality question mark you know like, what's that <laughs> or like you know I just think of Neptune as as being this oh it reminds me of um actually I'm not gonna some tv show that I'm like I'm, I'm not gonna spend my time thinking about how to describe that but <laughs> but um <laughs> But yeah, I feel like Neptune has this way of of kind of rolling in and, and making us r- realize that like, this is all an illusion, you know, like this, none of this is really real. Um, where the sun is like, what are you talking about? Like, I can see it with my eyes, you know, like I can see it, I can feel it, I can experience it. Neptune's like, you know, makes basically makes you question a lot of that. So curious if you guys have um, yeah, thoughts or anything to to add about the Neptune, the Sun Neptune conjunction? Because um, yeah, it's a really interesting aspect. I think I um, have been thinking about this one. Something that has probably changed from the one that happened two years ago is that now the Sun and Neptune, um, well, Neptune moved into the third decan of Pisces. I've been obsessed with the decans and tarot associations lately. And the um, third decan of Pisces is about the pursuit of ultimate happiness. And I feel like that's just so Piscean fairy tale, like wanting that kind of like happily ever after energy. But um, it's Mars and Pisces that rules that decan. And so I've been reflecting on just kind of like the blood, sweat and tears relationship with happiness And Mm. my kind of um, anticipation for the Sun-Neptune conjunction is like, what if it is a reveal of how past hardship, like past blood, sweat, and tears has gone into a kind of like, wow, like we're here, we made it kind of feeling. Or if there's that kind of sensation of seeing how something that's difficult now is on the path to that like rainbow that we see in the ten of cups um that's kind of my my idealistic vision for it but pisces season and this whole like faith renewal process i think there's something about like the healing potential of neptune the dissolving potential and um I think often like with Pisces, there's that sense of feeling like unmoored or like lost at sea until you kind of arrive at a shore and it all makes sense, like the whole journey that brought one there. So I think there might be some illumination of clarity around like a previous fog um, around Mm. the pursuit of happiness. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting 
you know, kind of reframe around Neptune making the sun super foggy where it's like this the sun could be clarifying some things about what has been foggy. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Think of it that way. Do you have anything to add, Ace or Ari? Um, I've been th- kind of thinking about like just the recent inflation also with the Jupiter. Um, hmm. Yeah, like I was talking to my friend and then they studied under this guy who studied oil for decades. And uh, like, you know, Neptune rules oil and one thing that the U.S. does, I learned this, I don't know how it works exactly, but one thing that the U.S. does every time there's inflation is that they do something internationally to try to control the price of oil or the limits on the amount of oil that can be drilled. Uh, and then there's the energy sanctions right now. I know that crypto's getting a lot of attention because of the... Uh, I mean, because of the sanctions, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Russians who are looking to crypto right now. And Mm -hmm. then uh, there's that, like, there's there's some regulations that have been recently put on crypto as well, which, I mean, it could get people to more seriously uh, take it, like, take it more seriously as a uh, as a currency. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the the energy kind of thing going on mm-hmm. interesting yeah you mean like yeah like sources of energy and stuff yeah. yeah the oil the oil price thing especially with jupiter being in pisces and thinking about inflation and just like gas and things just like yeah blowing up in that way that's really I haven't thought about it that way but that's a that's a good point I love that because I, I feel like it's so an, analogous. <laughs> Is that the word? Sure. Analogy. <laughs> analogous, yes. Um, to um, what Sun Neptune is on a, on a personal or even relational or just third dimensional level, <clears throat> like outside of the mundane, which is inflation of the self. Can happen, you know, with Sun Jupiter, but also with Sun Neptune, where there's just like um, dissolving of the boundary between the Sun, between the like identity, so really just the awareness of self and the awareness of environment and all that there is, and um, that parallel between like mundane inflation and then like personal inflation, but also um, the way that the sun being kind of like I see it as like being in the direct um, kind of like this direct onslaught of like whatever Neptune has to offer is also it also feels like um, I don't know like a deep bath in a way like a deep wash or like you know kind of like when you're okay so I had this dream (laughs) <laughs> the best way to explain this, this always <laughs> happens when you start talking about Neptune, right? Yeah. The best way to explain this is a dream that I had recently where I was on a beach and it was like this weird, like it was daytime, but it was nighttime, like the sun was setting, but it was rising, like it was very like dusk, liminal type of uh, time. 
So there was no time on this planet um, or wherever I was. And I was in the water and the waves were coming, like the, the waves were huge, but I wasn't scared. And they were coming and when they would come over me, you know how, I don't know if you know, but when you are like wave riding, you duck so that the top of the wave goes over you instead of hitting you and crashing you down. So I was doing that in the dream, but it, what was interesting is that when I would duck, the water would become really shallow all of a sudden. Like even though this big wave was coming, it would like come down into completely shallow water. So I, I was ducking, but there wasn't any like huge body of water over me. And so it was this really interesting um, play with dimension and like um, depth perception and also the shape-shifting of the water. And so the sun Neptune makes me think of an opportunity to shapeshift. And instead of thinking like, oh, here's this big problem or here's this big thing or here's this, um, even this big experience of myself that I'm having or that I want to have that seems like I could never possibly contain it or I could never possibly embody it. Like using... Um, interdimensional travel or using just shifts in perception which are the same thing to close the distance between you and that vision you know or even like if it's something that is challenging to bring that wave up as big as it can get right the way that it feels so overpowering overwhelming and then imagining it to just like when it comes down it comes down gently and it, it's the perfect exact height that you need it to be to survive it and to swim in it and to absorb it so yeah i don't know what the fuck nonsense just came out of my mouth but that's what i think <laughs> of with sun neptune is like i i'm one um i think as a malefic person i'm very appreciative of experiences that take me out of the confines and the constrictions and constraints that i am accustomed to and that encourage me to like think bigger even even when the dissolving is scary, even when the dissolving is challenging, and like A said, confusion is good. You know, until the um, dominant order is confused, a new order can't emerge. And so I think Sun Neptune is a beautiful time for time travel, for imagination, like embodying your imagination. I was talking about this yesterday for A fan, I was talking about astrology for apocalypse, and you know, one of the most common things that come up with with people that I've worked with over the years that um, they bring to a reading is that they can't actually imagine. You know, they like have a kind of like a whisper of imagination of the life they want to live or the person they want to be or the world that they want to create or what's possible for humanity, but they can't get themselves to actually be like, no, this imagination can be embodied. You know, they can't get themselves to Tim Burton it, you know, and like mm -hmm. really make it into something real. And so that's what I think this can invite us into is to use our fucking imaginations. Like everything that has ever been constructed outside of the realms of natural law has been an imagination. This laptop was an imagination. This microphone was an imagination. Like every single thing has been an imagination that we've constructed and that's how we live in the constructs that we do right now and that's how we live in the identities that we were given and the conditioning that we were given and so if those constructs and those conditionings could be imagined and could be enforced why not something else 
But first you have to have that. You have to be willing to dissolve. And so I think sudden Neptune can be a big blessing. And then, you know, for everyone who's like, the lies and the deceits and the deception, <laughs> you know, I'm like, if I've been saying this when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's like, if you haven't learned discernment yet, then it's too late for you already. This is going to be your chance to learn, <laughs> you know, but bring your own nuance of discernment. <laughs> like, don't apply your own lack or like your perceive, your perception of other people's lack of discernment onto a transit or onto a planetary ancestor. Like, that's not relevant to them. Mm-hmm. That's so. Ari, that's facts. all of that. <laughs> that touched me so deeply. <laughs> that was inspired. Hell yeah! Praise Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, everything that you just said. Yeah, I specifically loved what you said about um, just like how dissolving is necessary sometimes and we just kind of have to let ourselves fall apart you know and I I tend to talk about that when I talk about the 12th house um, Mm. which I don't like typically associate with Neptune or anything but in the sense that um, the the rigidity of like a lot of our experiences over the past couple years especially Mm. you know I'll say Mm. the past five years with Saturn and, you know, Saturn ruled signs. Um, And yeah, how, especially after the past two years of just a lot of, a lot of difficulties for a lot of people and um, in in a global sense, right? Like we're all just so aware of global suffering and, and corruption and all the things um, that, yeah, the ability to, dream of a better world is so important and the ability to kind of dissolve into the like it's not it's not helplessness it's and it's not even like acceptance necessarily but it's there's it's something else I think like the the type of Neptune um dissolving that happens is it's almost this like otherworldly sort of experience of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to call it acceptance because that doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's like, it just, it's this, again, like reminder that we are a part of a whole, I think. Um, well, I think Neptune yeah. can be so much more accessible when we also spend time playing with neutrality. Like words like acceptance and surrender and, um, you know, those kinds of strategies for surviving things that are outside of your control or for interacting with reality, um, they aren't just transcendence and bliss and, you know, ephemeral, like, awakenings. They're also just neutrality. You know, to accept something is just to be like, happening (laughs) you know yeah it's real and sometimes that's all you need to do for something to dissolve because usually what's all that's dissolving is your awareness like your attachment to a certain awareness or your resistance to a new awareness but Mm -hmm. your resistance or your attachment or your acceptance are irrelevant to the fact that the reality is still happening you know, but then we mm-hmm. get into how Neptune is like the reality that there is no reality. You know, that's Saturn. 
And so I think that can be really disturbing. But, you know, this is Sun Neptune. And so back to that central organizing principle thing. You know, it's another great time to see, like, in the mist, in the fog, and whatever comes up, what is it when everything is being washed out and absolved and dissolved that remains true for you? Mm-hmm. And, like, with that neutrality, where it doesn't have to be right or wrong, but what remains true? This is... um reminding me, Caitlin Kopik just shared an article about magical pacifism. Uh, Maybe Uh it was yesterday, but um, she shared this idea or something, I guess, that I gleaned from reading it was thinking about what we're kind of adding to the watercolor, (laughs) to the soup of life. And if we're adding like further... um, toxicity or um you know the topic of like hexing right like adding war adding warfare to the space versus creating something that is healing um and I think with if we're contemplating like Neptune and just feeling into that whole like spectrum of every emotion and every um feeling state that's happening on the planet from ecstasy to devastation and then thinking about like what waveform are we contributing to um, in this completely multidimensional space beautiful I love that reflection yeah which wave which waveform are we which wavelength waveform same difference I don't know which one are we contributing to um because, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely experiencing the whole spectrum of that. Um, and that's the thing about Neptune, I think. And, and I guess just about life and astrology is that we do get, we get the spectrum of experience, you know. Um, and there's, and in that you kind of see that the, the ecstasy and the devastation are closer, are closer in, um, I don't know, experience in a lot of ways than, or maybe not experience, but felt as, as similarly sometimes than you would think. Um, yeah. I think I on that, that way, Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I was just going to say like the concept of grief and praise and how mm. when things are so good, it's, there's like even a, a tenderness to it, like because of the fear of loss Um, or that Mm -hmm. we grieve to the extent that we loved. So I can feel that like ecstasy, devastation connection of just like when we're touching an experience that's so good, it takes an opening and that opening requires us to feel and feeling requires that we feel everything, not just the special emotions that we want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true, so true. Um, how about this Virgo full moon we have coming up? Any thoughts about that? I mean, yeah, I, I love a Virgo moon, whether it's in a person or by transit. Um, there's something I think really, yeah, there's something really balancing about the full moon in Virgo, um, when compared to like, you know, everything else we have going on in Pisces up until that point. And you mentioned it before, Ari, how it's sort of this, you know, we have all this mess so that the moon can come in and, and see what to clean up. 
Um, yeah. Does anyone have any reflections on the Virgo full moon or yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up the chart for the full moon actually. Let's see. When is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> the way that, um, to find the, the lunation charts and Luna are kind of fun. It's kind of, it's kind of funky. Okay. Is this it? Yeah. Virgo full moon. Here we go. Um, interesting. We have, okay. So the Venus, the Venus, um, Uranus square kind of takes place during that time. And then shortly after Mars will come through and, and hit that square. So it's a really interesting, um, full moon here. I think. Yeah. Do, do you guys have any, any thoughts about it? I just, the fact that like the Jupiter Neptune is, is there, it's, you know, not like the central focus necessarily, but this feels really, um, to me, it just feels balancing. Mm-hmm. Which I guess full moons do. <laughs> It'll be an interesting play because the full moon itself is ruled by that Mercury in Pisces co-present with Jupiter and Neptune and the sun. So I, I find that, um, as you're saying, Virgo full moons can be like, scratch this re- this itch really satisfyingly that like is happening during Pisces season for for many of us where we're like oh we're like floating around you know and then like mm-hmm. the Virgo moon comes and kind of um, grounds and anchors and provides strategies and provides tangible integrations but this one um, I feel like it's a plot twist full moon that's the, mm. that's the energy I get from it where it's like yeah the, the, the full moon's going to come and do what it does in Virgo it's going to come tidy some things up and give some you know lunar integration some physical integration of this Pisces stellium and also the Pisces stellium is still in charge which you know makes me think of what we're talking about with sun neptune but in from a different angle where it's like you know sun neptune is like how are you going to embody or what are you going to create from your access to the boundless limitless possibility <clears throat> you know and like sabrina was saying that grief and joy and also, then the Virgo full moon comes along. It's like, what are you going to create in service to that versus how sometimes I feel like the opposition can feel really stark during Pisces season with the Virgo full moon where it's like, you know, the Virgo full moon wants to create order in service to Virgo. But this one is like, no, it's still in service to what's going on in Pisces. And I think, you know, that's true of the opposition in general, but like speaking to the specific texture on, on this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's making me think about how the Virgo Pisces axis, I feel can have a lot to do with cleansing, you know, mm-hmm. um, hygiene and yeah, like just it, like the Pisces part of this feels, it's giving me the imagery of like, just like a really nice sob, you know, and you're just like, oh, you feel a cleanse from like crying or, or being at the spa for hours and just like, you know, being in steam rooms or just that, that. Kira's um, giving y'all the protocol <laughs> for what you should do in a circle full moon. Yeah, you know, just like really cleansing out and 
maybe this is again Jupiter my first just like making me hyper hydrated um, but that's the energy I'm getting from this Pisces season it's 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 very cleansing but it's not necessarily like like it's getting a lot out of you it's it's moving the waters you know but the the Virgo full moon kind of feels like it comes in and like it's like, okay, now I'm going to actually like clean, pick up all these tissues. Right. <laughs> or like now you can like actually scrub off all that, all that gunk that just came out of your pores. You know, it's like the, the tidying up after the, the mess of release. Um, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. I think Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Um, the Virgo Pisces axis speaks to me of materializing dreams and I think that you know being a dreamer um I get the image of like a spool and thread and needle and like actually like weaving the dream into the physical reality Mm -hmm. and that without that integration the dream becomes a side channel that's you know so like having a daydream but not acting on it and I think that the Virgo Virgo archetype can relate to crisis and sometimes crisis is the result of neglect like there's been an impulse or something that's needed attending to and if it gets avoided it becomes more and more oceanic and more overwhelming and so I think that a full moon can bring things to a head and the sense of maybe that kind of like tidal wave of okay this thing I've needed to pay attention to Um, and that might be, you know, a larger theme, or it might just be something that's related to the month as a whole, but I think tracking Virgo moons, you know, throughout the year, um, I think they can reflect that sense of alignment versus neglect, and I think, too, like, even just for me, like keeping my apartment clean or like keeping a space clean, I'm not a naturally tidy person. Like people think I might be organized, but I'm not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so whenever I do actually clean um, and develop a better habit and go through phases of being in a good habit with that, it's magical what it opens up. And I just find it interesting how there's that sense of not wanting to to do it until it's actually done and you know so figuring out you know some people are fine cleaning and they you know keep their space clean but I think everyone has their avoidance tendencies and um, within avoidance I think that you know it's not just the thing it's the portal that that thing represents Um, and so if we're avoiding having like a conversation or like having good communication and relationship and that creates some kind of crisis it's like tending to that which we'd rather not tend to can be spiritually opening I think during this full moon and maybe also preventative Um, not that you know I think full moons bring things to a head anyways and it's okay if things come up like that but just to offer that as like uh, an invitation to lean into something that we otherwise neglect that's a really great point it's a witchcraft and it's making me yeah, yeah. like that that's what Virgo full moons always feel like to me because it's like the way that you can work the material to um, work the energetic and the way that they mm. they just intersect 
Mm-hmm. Well, y'all are yes. getting me really excited about this one. Because this is, like, <laughs> the first one in a while, a full moon, like, the exact full moon that will be at night for me uh, on the mm. East Coast. Yeah. The last, I think it was, like, 11-something. Like, I'm not yeah, asleep been, at 11. Yeah, they've been during the day. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I'm like, okay, like, I'm gonna try to remember my dream for that night or something. Because it's been a while since I've been asleep during the full moon. I think for people on the West Coast, like, it's been just during the day. Yeah, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this one's interesting, again, with that Mercury and Pisces rolling it, too. Um yeah, I don't know. This whole Pisces season, I'm just, I'm just feeling like we all need to lean into the, to the dream, which I, f- I find to not be easy. You know, I don't think this is like it's a discipline. It's just like, oh yeah, it's this daydream. Yeah, it, even more than that, it's like believing it. Like that's the hardest part. You know, I think a lot of us can be like, yeah, sure, I'll daydream. Like, I'll you know dream up my favorite whatever or my ideal whatever. But like, yeah, getting yourself to believe that it's possible is like a whole nother, a whole nother thing. And I think the cynicism after the past couple of years and just the dryness that we've been experiencing the and the instability, yeah, the driest pussy, the, the instability with Uranus, um, the Uranus Saturn squares, it's just, it can be hard to, to believe the, the Jupiter part. And, and so... Yeah, just to say that this whole this whole season feels like almost like a crash course in belief and faith and and letting ourselves just go there and and trusting trusting in whatever it is that you trust in to to um to like carry us there. It's moisturizing, um, you know, like we're so fucking ashy after these couple of years. <laughs> And we need this moisturization or we cannot continue, you know, like not to get all passionate about the fucking (laughs) criticizing the like warning hype about (laughs) Neptune and Pisces season. But like we that's just natural law. We cannot continue in one state of being. We cannot continue in one like in this stasis that we've achieved to a certain degree with Saturn, you know, Saturn's been doing its job, but we, it's been in trial and we need the rain, you know, Mm -hmm. and so maybe the Virgo full moon is the clear container, like the tangible thing you do, the mundane thing you do, the practical thing you do, the strategy you apply, that like all that water can go into so that you have some for later. We need this hydration for now, and we also need to save it for later. You know, we're, we're playing a long game here um, when it comes to, I think, when it comes to the water element. Because it's just so, you know, then Jupiter will be in Aries, and we have, like, Pluto and Capricorn, Uranus and Sardis, Saturn, and, you know, like, it's been very anything but water <laughs> for mm-hmm. the slower-moving planets. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Speaking of people who believe in dreams, uh, like, yeah, I it's really funny that like Anna Delvey and like Simon Lee Laviv are like so popular right now, because I think those were scams done when Jupiter was in like Sagittarius and Saturn was in Sagittarius kind of thing too. So it's like, 
I, it kind of feels like we're we were in this like Jupiter period, and then we went into this long winter, and then we're like, whoa, what happened? And then we're trying to <laughs> figure it out and figure out how to like believe in things again after the long winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much that, yeah. Um, and. I just want to make a point. I just want to note about, again, this Mercury-Jupiter conjunction that we oh, have yeah. on March 20th. That's at 18? Um, that'll be, that'll be conjunct my man. Mm, that'll be yeah. Bitch better have my oh. money. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's my yeah, prediction. I wanna, yeah, that's, I mean, I hope so for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to point that out for the mutables out there, um, especially the mutable risings, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces risings, because this is, um, sorry, do we have someone who's unmuted? Because that's, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to mute you guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's especially special, I think, for the mutable risings, because you get the rulers, um, the two planets that rule the angular houses, um, connecting and I'm always hyping up Jupiter Mercury Jupiter aspects for mutable risings but especially a conjunction you know especially a dignified one for Jupiter um so really thinking about the fact that you kind of have these pillars of your life you know the first house seventh house um axis coming together the fourth house tenth house axis coming together um in one of these houses in an angular house for you and, um, yeah, I just think that some magical stuff can happen during that time. Some magical connections can happen, so. And even though Mercury's in detriment, it's still ruled by that dignified order. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this is really Mercury working for Jupiter, you know, in a way that um, at least, you know, it's, it is in fall, but it does have resources there its ruler is there abundant with resources so it's mercury having to again like paint with watercolors and instead of like you know in design or whatever <laughs> instead of having the precise tools that it might want but um but yeah it's i think it, it can produce something really I, i'm just excited to see what happens for for fellow mutable risings um and then, of course, we have our, our spring equinox as well. So, um, yeah, Does, do the Aries want to say anything about <laughs> about the equinox or Aries season? Oh, that's, I just realized we're two Aries and two Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. I always, like, I feel like it's like my energy just goes up in the spring because I was born yeah. in the spring. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a spring period year-wise, too. So I'm really excited for this spring. Same, same. I love um, celebrating the equinoxes and solstices. Um, I've found that throughout my life, I even, like, accidentally am celebrating them. But now that I'm more aware of them, I just think it's a nice time to, like, gather, like, gather outside or just... Um, be in like festivities I feel like it really sets the tone for like the whole season to do that 
Um, and if it's something small and intentional at home with a candle, prayer, anything. But yeah, I think that the beginning um, of Aries season is kind of like, you know, we have our calendar new year during Capricorn season, which like people are making resolutions and talking about the long, you know, like it makes sense in that regard. But I feel like springtime really is the like, you know, baby chicks hatching out of eggs and it's just like a really um there's something like precious about that burst of fresh life um and there really is that like the year is starting kind of energy in the spring but I mean I'm biased because I'm an Aries also (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I feel that maybe because I'm an Aries moon but I definitely feel that during Aries season I was gonna say I feel that too but it's just because I'm a Leo (laughs) rising like Leo rising I was gonna say yeah the sun and Aries it's exalted exactly it's in the house it's rejoicing by transit yeah it's I was gonna say yeah the Leo risings and those in um, solar perfections if you know Leo is activated for you by perfection too like Aries season can be really really special um, the sun entering the sign of its exaltation and um, yeah I think that's that's a big piece that's a big part of that like burst of energy too I feel this like it's Aries is going to have this like hair dryer this looks like a fan. I don't know how to do hair. <laughs> like a hair dryer, like start to like dry the wet hair off of like all these Pisces like swimming trains. Yeah, <laughs> I always I always like to describe it as like you know it's like when you get off you get out of the beach you get off of the out of the water yeah. and you go lie down and just like dry off in the sun. There's a um, new Killing Eve episode out that day on the equinox. So <laughs> I bet that episode's gonna be good. <laughs> Not sponsored, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the equinox again. This is when we have equal day and equal night, right? So there's this really beautiful um, balancing that happens at the equinox points, and yeah, it's almost like this. There's a rebirth energy of like spring, but also this. Um, this like centering and, and rebalancing energy as well as we move towards this new part of the year as the sun, you know, as the days get longer and we get more sunshine, it's, it's an exciting time. So I'm excited for it. I'm always excited for Aries season. I, I love an exalted sun and I love Mercury and Aries too. Mm. I just think that's always a fun transit. Mercury and Aries and Twitter like Mercury and Aries is always the funniest time on Twitter. I swear to God. Like it's good to know. So I'm gonna keep that funny. eye out. Tw- yeah, Twitter's and Aries. People get really. Hmm. Oh, Twitter's and Aries. Oh, Twitter's and Aries. Okay, that makes sense. I know that Mercury that Twitter has Mercury and Pisces conjunct Uranus, which is just like spot on for Twitter. <laughs> I think. Um. But yeah, last thing I want to talk about are these Venus and Mars squares to Uranus. Um, Because, yeah, we had Saturn move through. We don't get another exact square with Saturn and Uranus, but we pretty much do in October. They're both at 18 degrees. Um, And yeah, now we have Venus and Mars moving through. So And after we had Mercury station retrograde square Uranus and Aquarius. So we've been having these... these, um, 
these kind of hits. And yeah, curious if you guys have any thoughts about anything to share about, you know, what this might be like for folks, because I look at things so technically, so I'm just thinking, okay, whatever Mercury, I'm sorry, whatever Venus represents, whatever Mars represents, kind of run into some sort of, you know, pivot or unexpected um, pivot point with with these squares but yeah anything any anything come to mind for you guys I love the um like the new laws about how you have to make your pay transparent when you post about openings that's been Mm. going on I think it started like Colorado or something and then now New York is gonna introduce it so then when you apply for any kind of job, then you know, I mean, you know the salary right off the bat. Employers can't really keep it private. Uh, and I know that that's something that a lot of people are pushing for as they go out to these interviews and stuff. Like, why, yeah, why don't you tell us, tell us the pay? That's, yeah, that, that does kind of reflect a lot of the ongoing, like, you know, these things with the labor movement that I've been ongoing mm-hmm. with this Saturn-Uranus um, square happening between Aquarius and Taurus and definitely see that kicking up a lot this summer when um, planets begin to move through Leo and Mars hits that um, that Uranus-North Node conjunction in, in August. But yeah, thinking about um, Venus and Mars moving through as definitely like continuing that story that makes a lot of sense. Thinking about the um, just ongoing nature of the Saturn Uranus square, and I feel like it's been like shock and stabilization themes, and it's also a closing square. Um, so there's like that last quarter kind of crisis in consciousness energy, and I find that when the inner planets activate that square, that it just it's kind of like a flashpoint where it brings up those kind of Um, shock and stabilization themes in a more personal way. Um, And the way that I've experienced them, you know, receiving like a shock that kind of gives me that like boost of like awakening and then like, okay, now action. Like, especially Mm -hmm. with Mars, you're honest, um, where there is some inspiration or impetus to... um, ground like what has been like kundalini up or um like prometheus you're honest like bringing fire from the gods to the mortals like having that illumination and i think it just really quickens the pace of say like applying insight but i think that also goes to say that like having tools um for dealing with uh crisis or shock i think can help with your honest transits like not to say that they're, you know, prepared to be shocked or something, but I think that having, like, tools, like, I really like EFT, for example, to help me kind of, like, process when I get activated. And then I find that it goes from being um, just unpleasant to being, like, a soul retrieval process or, like, a, a like I'm becoming more formidable because I'm integrating something that used to be out of range. And so... I like to think about your honest transits as like, you know, outside of the actual time period, like developing certain adaptive like tools or skill sets so that when the your honest transit comes, we're like prepared. Kind of reminds me of Ari's like um, apocalypse 
teachings and just kind of like having that framework ready um, so that we can kind of like quickly adapt when we get jarred with a Uranus transit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something that comes to mind is like it doesn't matter what tools you have if you don't use them. You know, specifically mm. with Venus, Mars, and Aquarius, you know, I get that feeling where um, that environment, especially with Saturn there, is like, you know, this can be this acceleration. By this acceleration, I mean a creative tension with Uranus can be enormously productive. You know, like these these Uranus squares and their activations have been big pivots, um, not just like literally, but energetically for me. And um, when the inner planets move through, there is more of an embodiment, like Sabrina was saying. And there is also like, a, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be so hard, you know, like the destabilization or the, the shock or the unexpected. Um, if we do orient to understanding that God has changed or the realities change or change is the only constant, like whatever language you feel most comfortable hearing that in, um, is always happening anyway, you know, and, and when we have inner planets squaring Uranus, it's just bringing that realization closer to the forefront, like the change is more overt or acute, um, or the shift is more groundbreaking. And so we've been dealing with this, right? We, we had the last inner planets that squared Uranus or aspected Uranus and activated this Saturn-Uranus square or the Aquarius, I mean, <laughs> the Scorpio ones. Um, and before that, Leo, before that, Taurus. You know, we've, like, been in this cycle already since March 2020. And so I feel like with Venus and Mars specifically at this moment in time, moving through, it's like, okay, what have you learned? It's time to apply it. You know, it's kind of like stop being surprised type of thing. Mm. Um and like start paying attention and like Sabrina was saying like start using your tools so that you can actually and I never like to talk in terms of optimization but so that you can actually optimize the acceleration that's available now because we're kind of like used to it in a way but uh, we won't always be living under Saturn Uranus square you know and so when cracks reveal themselves so do opportunities and you know going back to what Ace was saying about confusion being good and so we will always have the opportunities we're having now. So I think Venus and Mars are going to be like, how do we continue to integrate what we've learned about change, what we've learned about structure, what we've learned about implementation, what we've learned about rejecting our conditioning or rejecting the hierarchy? Um, how do we continue to integrate that to like actually change our material reality, like Ace was saying about the... Um, wage transparency you know like mm-hmm. we need to start like actually implementing the, the conscious and the sociopolitical shifts that we've been um, having on a intellectual level hmm. yes that's so real um, especially with Venus and Mars being these more personal planets it's like okay 
bringing, very much bringing things back down to earth. And it's sexy. And more, like, that's so sexy, you know? Like, Venus and Mars yeah. together is just always sexy because it's sacral, it's creative. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this, um, what these squares bring up. Because I think for me, one of the major themes of this Saturn-Uranus square that I've been just seeing in people is this need, like this visceral felt need for change. And, um, but then the confusion and I think the apprehension around how to do it and what to do about it, you know? Um, and I think that this Mars, Venus Mars moving through this square is definitely going to be poking people even more about, you know, the changes that, that they want to make, but, mm -hmm. um, are a little too apprehensive about. It's kinky, so. right? Like it's kinky. Venus Mars square, you're on a good time to have a kink party or like try a new kink thing. But if we really think about kink, we're reenacting, you know, or we're enacting something or we're experimenting with something regardless of how taboo or unconventional or, you know, like none of those things belong in kink. That's the point of kink. And so that's what this makes me think of. It's like, what can you try? What can you experiment? What can you practice? And like stop paying attention to like all these other voices, all these other um, standards and just like do the thing. And kink is also a great place. You know, it's, it's supposed to be play, right? It's supposed to be where you get to experience, have an experience without the experience being definitive. And that's the kind of like energy that I feel with, with these squares specifically. Mm. That's so funny because I was actually writing in my journal, like I want more kink I in my friends. I knew you were Ace. I, I um, knew you were. That's why in I my <laughs> friendships, like not, not sexual at all, just like platonic kink. Where it's mm -hmm. like, like I, I tried this with my friend at the beginning of the pandemic, but I forgot about it. Where I was supposed to mm -hmm. dom them through text message. Uh, so then they would, I don't know, get their homework done. But, uh, <laughs> like, um, you know, it's like, it's so fun that. to like do it with your friends. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, that's yes. why people write fan fiction, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't even need to be sexual because you're just acting mm -hmm. out like a power play. It doesn't like, need to be sexual. It doesn't need yeah. to be romantic. Like, mm -hmm. and it's so Aquarius, right? Where it's like, fuck mm -hmm. all the like, you know, boxes and like all that shit. Like, mm -hmm. the thing, the energy needs to be moved. Let's move it. Yeah. Yeah. And who wants to collaborate with that? Yeah. So I am mm -hmm. open to that. <laughs> <laughs> Same. If anyone wants to dom me into writing my book to these book deadlines, let me know. I will. Let's, um. let's talk. Yeah. We're going to get double dommed now. <laughs> um, to start to kind of wrap this up, I mean, do, do you guys, does anyone have any sort of like final words of advice for folks over the next two weeks? Um, or just anything you want to leave people with to, to carry through, yeah, these next two weeks of um, Pisces season into Aries season? Um, I think the awkwardness is really key. Like, I, yeah, I, anytime I try to interact with anyone these days, I'm just like, oh, sorry. Like, I, like it's, just, it's just awkward. Um, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just go with it. Like, everyone's feeling awkward. Like, just do it anyway. 
Yeah, I love that. So Aries. <laughs> I know, I was thinking Venus and Aries. I'm like, my Venus and Libra ass, you cannot catch me. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, for me, I would say, like, lean into um, lean into the feels. I feel like this Pisces energy... It's so kind of like what we were saying earlier, like you, you can feel so many different types of feels during it, you know, and you kind of get this full range of experience of emotion, um, different from like a Scorpio season, you know, where it's, it's a little bit more, um, how do I put it? A little bit more like contained, I think, that type of emotion. It's a little bit more... Um, yeah, like depth I is just, not the same thing as range. So you can right, be exactly. something, but it's still contained, whereas Pisces is like... Whoosh. It's like all over the place, yeah. And I think lean into that. Let yourself be emo when you're feeling emo. <laughs> Let yourself be like cringe when you're feeling cringe, you know? Just like I'm, I'm currently leaning into that simp life simping my way through the rest of Pisces season um and I'm leaning into it because <laughs> why not you know um horniness I think that Jupiter and Pisces Pisces are, are for sure the horniest um Pisces placements are the horniest <laughs> oh no not corny no, um I'm not that goes to that goes to Taurus placements does, but yeah. Pisces <laughs> Pisces placements <laughs> Pisces placements, horniest, um, and yeah, just like the fertile nature of this Pisces season, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to be horny for sex, but, Kira's you know, or, or horny wet. for someone else. Wow. <laughs> I'm not as Plants horny this year as last March's. I think last March we had, or maybe that wasn't that. I'm thinking of, um, of April 2020 <laughs> when we had that that Venus Mars edgings scenario. Mm. Um, but no, I think that, yeah, like, I think that's my, that's my advice. It's just like kind of lean into like this wet, wet, messy sloppiness. Um, because I think there's so much, there's a lot of magic in that and there's a lot of gold and mess and, um, you know, we get the Virgo full moon to kind of clean it up. So don't be afraid to kind of get your hands dirty. Or other things. <laughs> um, other I love appendages that. as well. <laughs> I feel like um, Pisces feels like this personal, like reality TV show energy of just like feeling like the phenomenology of the drama of like that's encompassing one's life. Um, and then Aries is so like piercing through that of like I am and like choosing the narrative. So I feel like there's this dreamy side of Pisces season of like feeling how magical we are, how magical life is. And then in Aries, like making a choice or like acting from a place of decision. So I feel like there's a kind of um, like personal rebirth that can happen during this kind of Pisces Aries shift. Um, I like to think too about, yeah, storytelling and narrative, keeping a journal or like if we're looking at our thoughts and looking at how we're conceptualizing things, like what kind of story are we telling and do we like it? Is it enchanting? Do we like who we are in it? And playing with the mutability of Pisces to 
see our stories from different lenses. And then with Aries, like step into the embodiment of being the hero of our story. Um, I feel like there's just that fun of Pisces Aries um, in terms of like personal cosmic creativity. I love that. Beautiful. Ace, do you have any final thoughts? Did you already say yours? And I... Oh, I already did mine, actually. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Ari? Don't take shit so seriously. Like, that's what, yes. I, that's what I feel over with Pisces season. I'm like, I'm over taking myself seriously, other people taking themselves seriously, everybody taking everything seriously. Like, there's taking, enough... Taking you too seriously. It's like, <laughs> stop taking me so seriously. <laughs> There's, like, enough to take seriously that's not actually being taken seriously and nothing's been being being done about. And so the rest of it, though, like, yeah, like I said earlier, we need this moisturization, we need this imagination, we need this rehydration, and we can't do that if we're so um, defensive, protective, you know, boundaried up against water. So don't mm-hmm. take shit so seriously. Like, it's really, it's not actually the end of the world. The world has ended many times and been born again. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you. Thank you, all three of you, for joining. This and is so um, nice. 11,000 for, for joining live. Yeah. Um, let's let the people know where they can find you. Sabrina, do you want to let us know? Yeah, I'm on YouTube, Sabrina Monarch. My podcast, Magic of the Spheres, is available where you listen to podcasts. Um, Written versions of the forecast um, every week, monarchastrology.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch and Twitter at Sabrina underscore Monarch. Awesome. Ace? Um, My name is Ace, and then my handle is going to be Alice Sparkly Cat cat with a k and then yeah you can find me on uh my website alicesparklycat.com and yeah there's a lot of like just kind of writing there you can check it out uh you can come to my wonder workshop on sunday if you want though i think this is out before uh, after yeah this never yeah, mind this comes out on monday <laughs> if you and, time travel you can go to exactly <laughs> Or if you're, if you're here with us live, 11th Housers. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. hello. And um, I'm also on social <laughs> media uh, at Alice Sparkly Cat. Uh, I'm both. It's all one word. No spaces. Cool. Thanks, Ace. And Ari. My website is saltwaterstars.com. And you can check out my shop. I have the Anarchy of Loving Yourself. I have Planets as Ancestors. I have End the Empire in Your Mind, all available for instant download. My books are closed, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Saltwater Stars. Beautiful. Thanks again. Thanks again to 11th Housers for joining us live. Um, and have a beautiful next two weeks. We'll we'll see you with the next episode very soon. Thanks, Kira. Thanks, folks. Thank you. All right, folks. There you have it. Um, another Venusian afternoons for you. I hope you enjoy these. Let us know um, if you haven't already seen our beautiful 
podcast website, you should. <laughs> um, and we have like a blog post for each episode. So if you're not on social media and you still kind of want to share your thoughts, you can pop over there. Um, we also, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, you should follow us on social media too, because you can let us know there as well. Um, we post on the at the astrology show on Instagram, um, and sometimes I repost stuff on my page. I definitely post stuff on Twitter um, at the astrology underscore. And um, yeah, follow us. Follow the eleventh house as well. The underscore eleventh underscore house underscore. Um, I hate that handle, but there's too many eleventh house. Like there's nothing left. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, follow us on the things like rate, like rate, subscribe, all those things. It's super helpful, and um, I appreciate it. And until next time, we have a really good episode coming up for you on Thursday. So I'm excited to share that. All right, folks, have a good rest of your day. Talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.